0: good morning listeners happy sunday and welcome back to the under the scope podcast where we discuss music i'm your host will brost and joining me as always my good friend patrick anderson how are you
1: i'm doing great 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 and i'm really excited about our q3 pod which is always like I don't know. I get so excited for, this, for the third quarter, especially.
0: Yeah, it feels like, you know, we're deep into the year. Honestly, like, qu- quarter one can be a little slow sometimes just because a lot of artists don't release their stuff in January, February. Um, right. But by now, and I wanted to bring this up. So uh, as I was figuring out what albums I wanted to recommend today for our third quarter podcast, you know... um I just kind of had the realization like we've been doing this podcast since 2015, 2016. Uh, 2015 and 2016 were two incredible years for music just like yeah. all time. And you know, some of that is nostalgia, but I think even, I think a lot of it people- It still holds up. I think it still holds up. If you look at the yeah. albums that came out in 2015 and 2016, I think a lot of people would agree. Um, but I I say that to say that I think this might end up being the best music year since those years.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been yeah. incredible. So I would, I I would not, uh, I would not argue too hard with that because this this year has been pretty, like sneakily good too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the one. Like again, like twenty fifteen had to pimp a butterfly, and twenty sixteen had blonde. Like that are just obvious right. album of the year candidates for anybody. This year, I don't think has that, but yeah, it's looking like I'm gonna have more nines and eights this year compared to previous years, and maybe a ten. Who's to say? Um, but yes. but yeah, I mean, just really from beginning to right now i mean the fourth quarter could completely just ruin the whole thing uh like if the new war on drugs album sucks then i I mean what are we doing count
1: it count it count it the whole year off
0: exactly yeah that album can't suck it's almost like impossible for that album to suck but if it does you know that's a, 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 a attack on my argument i just made um yeah if the new coldplay album somehow just just sucks that would be oh weird. yeah i was like <laughs> yeah. i was like war on drugs is coming out uh if we get that west side gun mad lib and then coldplay those are the three that i'm like really <laughs> looking forward hitter. yeah <laughs> so um
1: <laughs> the, cur- the guaranteed yeah.
0: oh boy um so yeah so this podcast uh, we're just going to focus on the third quarter. So albums released from July 1st uh, until September 30th. And uh, if we talk about... Or if we overlook an album that you think we should have talked about, maybe we have talked about it on previous episodes. Uh, so you're like, Will, where's Donda? Where's Certified Lover Boy?" You know, like, go check out the previous mm-hmm. podcast. We have our thoughts there. This is more so for albums that you and i have i mean you're probably going to know some of what i'm recommending today and maybe vice versa but we've mostly kept our full thoughts to ourselves and uh these are more so for lesser known artists maybe uh that we wouldn't otherwise talk about that we think deserve special recognition Mm -hmm. um so with that said each of us has three albums to discuss today uh This is going to be maybe a little quicker than our usual podcast, but, uh, you know, we love recommending stuff we've been listening to. That was, that's the entire premise of this podcast. And so, um, uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I want you to go first this time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so right off the bat, (laughs) I, I'm cheating, uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> good to know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is about albums from the. Throw all
1: the rules out that we. Just yeah, all, just
0: all the know. all the groundwork I just laid down. That was just for formality. It's a suggestion. <laughs> we don't have to do any of this. Uh, I'm here to recommend Dark Side of the Moon. No. Um, so <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So this is an I'll album. That. Uh, this is an album that came out before July 1st, but barely. um this album came out in the second quarter but it came out on june 25th i mean that's like really close uh but i had to show love to this album on this podcast uh because nice. it might be my album of the year i'm still figuring this out we'll see obviously like cold play is coming but as of now it could be this one um so I leave room. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just a placeholder in my top ten for Coldplay.
1: <laughs> well, we know you, the Coldplay fan the podcast
0: <laughs> yeah, of the two of us. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh gosh. Um, so we like to give awards. Uh, the award I'm giving this one is the uh, the Kate Bush Wise Blood Ascending meme award.
1: Um, nice. That's always a good sign.
0: Always. And you know I'm all about th- yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, this is the uh, the spelling record. Um, the turning wheel. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So this album is amazing. Uh, spelling with three L's, but no L's on this album. Am I right? Um, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I wrote that down. Yeah, it's it's one of my bolded notes here. Uh,
1: <laughs> that one's extra bolded. Extra bolded. All caps and bolded.
0: Yeah, I I uh, was telling Patrick before the podcast I bolded all of my notes, uh, which is to say I may as well have bolded none of it because. Um, <laughs> The entire point of bolding just goes out the window when you bold everything. I guess it's a little easier to read, maybe, but even then i'm I'm kind of debating that as I'm looking over. Um, so, yes, yeah, spelling <laughs> we have a podcast. I may as well talk about music at some point. Um, <laughs> spelling no,
1: this is this is just for me and you, like we said. yeah but this we is just like... this is just banter,
0: yeah, under the guise of uh, music recommending. Um, so she's an experimental pop artist from Oakland, California, your neck of the woods, more or less. Uh,
1: local i didn't
0: know that yeah uh, that's really cool uh the turning wheel is her third studio album and boy howdy is this album amazing at least in my opinion and uh in the opinion of many other people um you knew i would be all about this album i think uh not really a surprise there it's baroque pop baby i'm all about this stuff uh it's just so magical and sublime and well arranged uh I tweeted this a take that got zero likes so maybe i'm out on this (laughs) maybe i'm on an island here um Uh but i think someone could make like a musical out of this album like i think someone a lot more talented than me could take the content and themes of this album and somehow make some sort of musical or theatrical production out of it um it's an hour-long record so it has a great amount of material to work with uh, the record already has some whimsical musical theater-esque moments on it uh, as it is uh, such as songs like The Future or Awaken. Uh, the record is like epic and grand, but it doesn't feel like it goes on for too long or anything like that. I mean it's it's 30 minutes shorter than Certified Lover Boy. <laughs> so that's, you know, it certainly doesn't go on for too long. Uh, it's so it's a full project and not just in the length but also in the the content provided everything feels fully fleshed out uh the instrumentation is full and often colorful it has you know everything from pianos uh guitars uh, strings synths horns you know i love horns uh that's Mm -hmm. like an automatic if you put horns on your record i'm probably going to talk about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. um Specific moments. I love the like the soaring guitar solo on Magic Act. I love the saxophone on uh, the second half of Legacy. There's a banjo on a couple of songs like Revolution. Uh, just a wonderful addition. Nearly every instrumental on this album feels fully fleshed out and distinct from each other uh, in some way to create kind of this whole experience. Um, there are subtleties to this instrumentation as well, uh, and that adds to the replay value um Spelling's vocals uh they're her vocals and like this record as a whole they're a little strange not crazy strange like still accessible I think uh not strange enough to I think completely turn people off immediately uh, so her vocal delivery is a little unconventional, but it's also full of personality and character, and and still beautiful. Um, I think like the title track especially is a nice example of kind of her unconventional vocal beauty, um, and I think the song "Emperor with an Egg" uh, showcases spellings like willingness to get creative with her vocal delivery. It's kind of all over the place. Um, side note on Emperor with an Egg just the best song about a penguin maybe ever composed <laughs> <laughs> Just it's just amazing um, and exactly the kind of song I want on a Baroque Pop album um, Yeah. so yeah Baroque Pop, uh, this is Kate Bush Wise Blood, Ascending Meme Award uh, this album is just stunning heavenly, magnificent enchanting, whatever adjective you want to use for that Uh, So it's certainly a Baroque album, but it doesn't forget to be pop as well. Like, the melodies are consistently memorable. Uh, I sing along to this album a lot. The choruses are often pretty catchy. Um, You know, a little strange here and there, as I said, but certainly accessible. Um, Risk-taking, but not, like, alienating or anything like that. There's just so many amazing songs here, dude. Yeah, yeah. My only complaint, song-wise, is that I wish The Closer, uh, which is called Sweet Talk, uh, I wish it kind of tied things up a little better. It's kind of this grand experience overall, and then, you know, The Closer is my least favorite song here, and it's not really the epic send-off I wish we would have gotten. Uh, my my other kind of complaint about the album as a whole is that, you know, I, I enjoy the themes about nature and love and anxiety. Um, but. I wish we got more lyrically, like thematically I like this album, but the lyrics themselves don't always like sell those themes as much as I think they could have. I think there was potential there, but those are pretty like minor complaints. This is an incredible record. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't even mentioned like Little Deer or Always or Boys at School, which are all just amazing for completely different reasons. this might may sound surprising uh i was recommended this album by anthony fantano uh because he gave this album a 10 and of course when the 10 happens that's like every music nerd goes out and listens to it like the next day um and so while this is certainly in contention for my album of the year uh i'm not quite at a 10 at this time I, i think if it was a 10 then I would feel that it's like certainly my album of the year right now, uh, because I haven't given out a 10 this year, as opposed to its current status as like maybe my album of the year. So I kind of think I'm a little less than a 10. Um, but yeah, shout out to spelling. Uh, I'm giving the turning wheel a nine
1: out of 10. It's really good. Fantastic. Yeah. You've listened to this, right? Yeah. I've listened to it. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I do really like it. I'm not as, like, you know, mind-blown about it as I think um, everybody, pretty much everybody else seems to be because it's, like crazy uh well received across the board
0: yeah it's like top 15 rate your music or you know i mean just everybody seems to love this album uh except yeah. for pitchfork who is having kind of, of a weird year if you look into it but uh, yeah
1: <laughs> i know they've been like really like, <laughs> yeah. what's happening over there
0: <laughs> yeah i really don't understand like i i got to go through their best new music and see what exactly they've done but i feel like they've missed on like the records everybody is talking about so
1: yeah i don't know Oh, uh, probably a few that we're going to talk about here too absolutely so. oh,
0: there's another one that i think they totally missed on but uh you know we'll get to that later um, yeah
1: but yeah i thought i thought that album uh I, I think that it's i mean i think it's great yeah nice um, very nice and i think it definitely deserves a place in my top 50 at this point okay um, awesome yes yeah uh, so good to hear but yeah awesome nice i i'm um, i'm glad that you i figured that you would be talking about that one
0: yeah it, it's just kind of I, I haven't kept that one to myself i guess i've been publicly uh praising this album so uh, what's what's your first one do you have an award for it do you do, do yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you doing I the do. awards off the top this time <laughs>
1: uh, kind of i, <laughs> I, I When I hear you wrapping up, I'm like, okay, I I got (laughs) to think of what I'm going to say next for my award. I love it. Um, Yeah, so uh, this one's kind of in the same vein as yours, not in style, but in the amount that it's being talked about. Okay. Um, I'm giving this one the Catholic Guilt Award. (laughs) The other Fantano 10, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you nailed it. It's a uh, center get ready, by yes. lingua, ignata. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fantano obviously gave this one a 10 as well. So this is the one that I uh, was immediately drawn to. Like on the other side of, of your Fantano 10, mm-hmm. this is the one that I connected to really viscerally and heavily. Um, yeah, I mean... Lingua and kind of took me a second, honestly, to get into. Like, I listened to Caligula when it came out, and I do remember liking it quite a bit and really liking the idea and concept about it. Um, But it didn't really click with me at the time as much as I would have wanted it to. So, um, yeah, like, I I didn't end up going back to it very much. Um, And then she came out uh, with... A collaboration with uh, The Body and Full of Hell. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was last year, right? I think. Man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was really, really interesting and dark and sinister and full of a lot of just dread and interesting sonics. And uh, her vocals are just breathtaking mm-hmm. and terrifying and really just fascinating all the way throughout um and i was really drawn to yeah her vocal performances and her lyricism on that project so i was really primed and ready for this project when it came out um and it did not disappoint at all um Mm. i've i've been really just very impressed and kind of like floored by this um I think that she just does such a fascinating job of capturing um, these feelings of betrayal and loneliness and just existential judgment in a way that has religious, like a uh, lapsed religious person, thematics to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, and it, it just it, it for me on a personal level, um, it resonated very heavily. And I think that like whenever like I mean that's something that draws me to uh, more existentially themed music and in, the, in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of a lot of black metal and a lot of um, A lot of industrial music just a lot of these extreme genres i guess like to toy with existential dread um people losing dropping out of faith losing faith uh, nihilistic themes all sorts of stuff the you know perversion of religion in the modern world stuff like that which is all stuff that is fascinating but also i think you know obviously resonates with me on some level of emotion and this one just in particular, I think, um, she just, she, she just like really, I don't know. She really just goes to a level a depth of emotion and honesty on this project. That was like, um, yeah, it, it like made me tear up a few times because it's not a, sad album or like a touching album
0: like <laughs>
1: that would make me tear up but it's just like hearing this level of vulnerability and but and captured in this like amount of really raw beauty um for me it's just something that felt very comforting and like um, I don't know it, it just connecting with it on on that level just was something that was really special to me um so that's that yeah that that's the emotional resonance I have on this album, which is pretty significant. I will say like i i I don't think this album is like the most enjoyable to like go back and just casually listen to because mm-hmm. it's very atonal. And in a lot of ways, uh, Christian's vocals are like kind of spoken word, mm-hmm. um, and delivered in like a sermon esque type of fashion. Um, but like, I mean, that's that that should be a given, I think, by <laughs> if you if you if you're like looking at the genre types and then you have any idea about Ling Ling Nada's style in general, I think that that, that shouldn't be a surprise that it's not going to be like that great of like driving music. Really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, this, this album is just a kind of a, a really great manifesto on what it's like to just, Feel completely isolated and rebuild from the ground up and Kristen has like such a interesting perspective on this stuff that like you know and as a as a woman and, and like the things that she's experienced on her own and the the trauma that she discusses on this album are things that um i you know i can't relate to on a yeah i, I mean I, I can't relate to like that level of stuff but like um, the way she lays things out the way she discusses it in such like raw emotional detail is like it resonates in a way that like really makes me feel empathetic and like I'm really gaining some level of insight into um, her experience um, yeah so, uh anyway yeah this album is great i'm 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 just i'm loving this album i think that it could be an album of the year contender for me for sure nice um i think that like i said it it's one that i don't go back to as often but and you know it it can be a little bit lengthy i guess in certain ways too but Mm. overall i think the just the gut punch is worth it and um i really enjoyed like what she said about this album um i'm gonna read a little little synopsis that she said about this um so she gave i she said i gave my oh sorry here let me start out this part um sinner get ready in which i seek but fail to find god in god's own country in which i find betrayal and abandonment fear and loneliness and judgment i give my paint my paint a place and the place is named pennsylvania (laughs) and the the record unfolded in tandem with the pain and the landscape entangled me further i agonized over how to give my pain to the music that the music might take it and that the result is something that doesn't sound like anything including what i have sounded like before i i think that that like synopsis of things and the especially the part of Her talking about how she agonized over how to give her pain to the music and that the music might take it is like something that's really telling on how carefully crafted this project is Um, because it's like that idea of like agonizing over how to tell your story or how to properly place your pain in a way that is respectful to it and also reasonably accessible and not so abstract that people just can't really get what's going on um, is, I think, basically the crux of a lot of creation in music. Hmm. Um, so for her to like recognize that on a project that's this breathtakingly special is uh, something that, I, I don't know, I just thought that that was a really cool thing to say, and I think that this project is just, I haven't even really talked about the music, I've just been talking about mostly <laughs> how like, um, emotionally like, beautiful this project is. The music is like really gorgeous on this a lot of times. There's a lot of um, evangelical type of chorus work, like very angelic and very Catholic-heavy themes of of music um i think that's part of the reason why it resonated with me sonically at first too is because those sounds are very familiar to me um in both good and bad ways um so it's and, and they're very dramatic and and lush and gorgeous to begin with um but she also like cuts through with them with like these sharp um strings and these just and like deep deep like uh drums dulcimer drums um yeah it's very sporadic and paranoid and freaky but beautiful and strong and really makes really really leaves me with a good feeling so this is a very solid nine out of ten
0: awesome yeah I i figured you'd have it uh, I I gave it a couple tries and um, I think stylistically I'm just not there yet. But I respect the hell out of her as an artist, and yeah. uh, I felt a lot of like what you felt as well. Um, but yeah, another one that like you know as uh, what do you want to call it? I guess like uh, confrontational as it may seem like it is. A, a lot of people seem to love it. It's like top five yeah. to rate your music right now. Uh, obviously the Fantano ten. Uh, another one that Pitchfork didn't give Best New Music to. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, awesome yeah. pick. Love it. No, I, yeah. Um, I, 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 she does I, – I think Nada takes a little bit of getting used to for sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're not somebody that generally likes to, you know, listen to industrial or metal or something like that. Um, but I think it's totally worth it if you, you know, just sit down and give it a try You might at least find some sonics that are interesting in it because it's it's pretty unlike a lot of stuff out there right now.
0: Yeah, no, definitely worth a shot. Um, And speaking of kind of possibly polarizing records that are worth a shot, regardless, um, my next one I'm calling the uh, yes, yeah the uh, the best post hip hop album of the year. Oh yes. Um, and that's of course the uh the injury reserve record uh by the time i get to phoenix uh so injury reserve is an alternative hip-hop group from arizona uh by the time i get to phoenix is their second studio album and unfortunately excuse me it is possibly their final studio album uh though member uh stepa j groggs appears on this record from time to time uh he sadly passed away last year If this is their last studio album, uh, Injury Reserve went out with a truly groundbreaking record. Um, I use the term post hip hop because it's hip hop, but it really stretches and challenges that description. Uh, Hip hop albums as boundary pushing as like shabazz palace's black up or death grips ex-military or danny brown's Mm -hmm. atrocity exhibition they don't come around very often um but i always appreciate when they do uh even by like the standards of injury reserve who you know i said this was their second album but they've had a few mixtapes prior uh so they had kind of an established sound even by their standards by the time i get to phoenix is like out there uh, this is certainly unlike their previous work and basically unlike anything I've ever heard, with the exception of mm-hmm. maybe clipping. That was like the closest comparison I could find. Um, Injury Reserve's earlier work was also creative, but in ways that were more lighthearted and fun and accessible. This is not at all like that, uh, which I did not expect. Um, so, kind of like the Lingua Ignata, I could totally understand someone listening to this album and just hating it. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I think it deserves a fair shot anyway, because I think it's an experience worth experiencing. Um, this is a dystopian and existential album about aging and death, climate change, the internet, pretty much everything that has made the past couple of years tough for not only injury reserve specifically, but for us in general. Um, I actually really love some of the themes and concepts on this album. Uh, knees for example uh, is a song about well the chorus you know knees hurt me when i grow that's a tough pill to swallow because i'm not getting taller so it's a song about literally growing physically aging but it can also be interpreted as a song about feeling pain in general but not actually growing from it which i think is relatable uh, Mm -hmm. to say the least probably my favorite song topic or concept or what have you Maybe of the year is on the song "Top picks for You." Uh, mm. It's a song about how, like, even though a loved one has passed, uh, they still exist in this digital world due to algorithms. So like, much of the song is about how, you know, presumably they're speaking about grogs, but uh, you know, he is he is gone but he's still here in a way because streaming services are still recommending shows to him. Uh, you know, there, there's kind of a moment where uh, Richie with a T is rapping and he, uh, you know, he's on Netflix or whatever. And he sees this show and he's like, Oh man, he would have really loved that song, you know, or that, uh, that show. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's a really like, it's a dystopian song about like technology and kind of where we're going with everything. But it's also really heartfelt and touching. Uh, And I've never really heard a song with that concept before, and I thought it was really cool. Um, And the last concept I wanted to talk about, at least, is the closure called By Storm. Uh, It's a culmination of just kind of the despair and existentialism that permeates throughout the record. Uh, You know, it rains, it pours, but, you know, damn, it's really pouring. Uh, You can kind of, you can hear how much, like, Injury Reserve has been through lately. Um, But the song leaves us with a somewhat hopeful message they say you know the show must go on you know it's like this all sucks but um you know we can carry on you know that that's really all we can do but we we can do it um so it's a nice little wrap-up um the sound of this record is Absolutely fucking bonkers! It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I Parker Corey Parker or Parker Corey. Gosh, I, I hate that I'm messing this up. But he absolutely crushed the production. Uh, it doesn't make conventional sense, especially for what is allegedly a hip hop record. It's <laughs> it's mm-hmm. insane, but it's also detailed and layered. At the same time, I could spend the rest of this podcast going over every single instrumental because they're all different. Um, but I kind of wanted to focus on a couple. Uh, specifically, I love like the panicky, propulsive instrumental on the song "Footwork in a Forest Fire." It sonically matches the idea that you're you know running from a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the production on "Post Postpartum" because it has the elements of a conventionally great hip-hop instrumental it has synth it has like this funky bass line it has nice clapping drums but they clash together in such a way here that makes it sound like totally strange and original and not something that like most people would want to rap over so for me at least the album got even better for me as i adjusted to and frankly continued to adjust to this unfamiliar sound Um, The vocals themselves aren't even straightforward. It's like every vocal line is modulated in some way, but each track seems to modulate the vocals differently from each other. Um, There's one point on this record, and I think it's post-postpartum, where I can't tell if the record is sampling Animal Crossing or if the vocals are just modulated to sound like they're from Animal Crossing. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, either is plausible. You know, I could totally buy it either way. Um, I can't really say enough, I guess, about the variety of this record. There's just so many ideas here. I love records like this that just... Kind of like the Black Country New Road uh, album where there were just so many ideas just packed into, like, one package and, like, you know, just kind of throw everything in the wall and see what sticks, and for the most part, it stuck um you know by the time i get to phoenix it's kind of all over the place but in the best possible way i mean speaking of black country new road they're sampled on this record as well as black midi as well as brian eno uh yep (laughs) yeah i was like what so i never really knew what to expect from track to track but it all feels like it belongs here anyway um side note sick album cover that sells this like sci-fi dystopian angle that i think the record is going for just yeah freaking awesome uh slight negatives are that the vocals are a little too buried or indecipherable for my tastes and uh the back-to-back combination of ground zero and smoke Dome clear is good don't get me wrong but it's like a i think it's a small step down from the remainder of the record but man this album is difficult to explain uh like i said it's an experience like i said it's a polarizing one uh the purpose of this podcast as i mentioned earlier is to uh, recommend albums and music that we're listening to and Mm -hmm. i only know like a few people that i would specifically recommend this album to because it would match their taste uh, but in a way I'm recommending it to everybody because like you said with the lingua ignata it's it's worth an honest listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, shout out to injury reserve, uh, rest in peace, grogs. Um, I'm giving by the time I get to Phoenix a nine out of ten. Another nine. Nice. That
1: is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just so it's just so good. I mean yeah. One once again pitchfork screwing up i think they gave it the the old 7.7 7 or something like that i'm just like yeah. what are we even doing here um, not
1: even the hip-hop eight
0: 8.0 yeah yeah not right not even the experimental hip-hop whoa we don't really want to give this best music yeah. here's an eight they give the old i think 7.7 7. uh and it, it is parker cory on the production uh i wanted to get that right so um yeah, that's that's injury reserve. I know you listened to this record. I know you really liked it, at least on the first listen. So,
1: yeah, I'm 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 really fascinated by that album. I think that it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's so it's just so good. It, yeah,
0: yeah. It, like,
1: it, yeah, like like you said, I I really have I haven't heard very much like that at all. It's pretty pretty nuts to like even in the world of experimental hip hop to make something that distinct. <laughs> right,
0: like their first album, they were doing songs with uh amine and uh, Mm -hmm. dram and uh like i love that album and i really like those artists but like the only feature on this album is z loopers (laughs) who is (laughs) so completely just like you can tell just based on that how much they've really gone into this experimental rabbit hole so uh if they do anything in the future i highly look forward to it so yeah anyway
1: fantastic recommendation there awesome all right. Uh, this my next one gets the. I'm trying to decide between a couple. Um, it gets an award just by virtue of I have tickets to see them. How oh, about that? Nice, awesome. <laughs> so it's the concert tickets. I paid for this award. Award. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I'm actually. I think I'm going to go see them. I think it's next weekend, actually. Hey. I'm going to go see them. Uh, Death Heaven. Oh, nice. In, I, Infinite Granite. Very nice. Yeah, this one's actually been kind of polarizing. Uh, I mean, Death Heaven has been kind of polarizing in the metal community for a while, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, even amongst Death Heaven fans, I think has been super polarizing. Because. They're no longer a metal band. How could they? Unfortunate. Well, they never were. I was just going to say, <laughs> man. They're the one the hipsters like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've gone... No, I, I'm sure the Deaf Heaven still has some, uh, some black metal project in them somewhere down the line if they wanted to. And there's plenty of metal-tinged elements um, all over this project. Um, but pretty much as far as the album is concerned as a whole it's a shoegaze album yeah and a pretty vibrant one at that honestly Mm -hmm. um yeah so i'm assuming that you've listened to this album yeah i like it i think it's i think it's cool
0: for sure nice
1: nice i'm glad glad to hear that yeah Yeah. i've i've been really (laughs) loving this album um i know that like I do get some of the complaints um, that people have had about, you know, it kind of sounding very similar in some ways from track to track and Mm. feeling like um, it it doesn't really give that level of catharsis in some ways, maybe. But honestly, like, when, when it hits, it's like some of the best stuff that I've heard all year long. Um, tracks like the nashing great mass of color lament for wasps like those are some of the most um, like cathartic tracks that I've heard Def Heaven put out and some of the most cathartic tracks I've heard all year long mm. um, I, I just love the build up that Def Heaven has always been really great with this um, idea of tension and release in their music. Um, and going full shoegaze with it, I think, has really helped them, um, especially on the release aspect of things. And whenever whenever it does release, especially in the choruses, which are very melodic um, and very big and building and crescendo kind of i heard this term crescendo core <laughs> i like it um i think fantano uh, gave it oh on the flip side speaking of fantano, oh yeah yeah <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah this is uh, he gave the last album i talked about a 10 he gave this album i think like a three yeah uh-huh. it wasn't great <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah, don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't track that as any similarities with how I feel about our tastes. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I've, I I do get some of the issues, um, but like you know when I listen to this album, it just none of those things really bother me at all. Like I I feel just totally comforted by the sound. I think the textures and the dark moodiness to it are just so like just they just feel so nice there's just this uh yeah there's this comfort level to this project that just feels really great um i love just the general aesthetics on here um i love george clark's voice on here too Mm -hmm. he's got a really solid singing voice um and when the metal does kick in It's done in a way that is just purely production-based. Like, there is definitely on the later tracks um, some elements of we're going back to some straight up rage moments, um, which are really cool and really fun. Um, But for the most part, there's this just element of using screams and using the harsher guitar work as texture. And using it more as like ambience um, to provide some, yeah, it, it really leans fully into the shoegaze element of just cloudiness and formlessness. And that, you know, applies to even heavy elements like the black metal side of this project uh, or black metal vocals. There's not really any other instrumental black metal moments on here, mm. um, which I think is really great. I, I I'm all for other bands trying that out. I think the metal community can get way too precious with. Right. (laughs) um, When you're using metal, it needs to be for metal's sake. Um, And if you're adding melody and any form of like beauty, I guess, to your project, um, that's when they get kind of upset. But using like those sounds, those really harsh, intense sound. Metal has the, one of the most distinct um, aesthetics of any genre out there. So for, for people to use the aesthetics from metal in production elements um, for a project that doesn't necessarily reflect being a metal project is, I think, A really awesome thing and something that the metal community could really benefit from too i think that we need a little bit of sunniness in the in the metal world that would be really nice honestly yeah
0: it helps the genres uh you know blending and evolving and you know i think it's i think that's always a good thing
1: yeah so i will agree i wouldn't call this a metal project i'm this is straight up shoegaze right um but i really love the metal elements that they've thrown into here, I think that they've just kind of really figured out their... I, I, this is the thing, too. This felt like a natural progression for Death Heaven, too. Like, this yeah. felt like it was always coming. Um, and I'm really glad that they kind of took their time with it because the the payoff is, is really fantastic, I think. Um, lyrically speaking, Death Heaven has always been really... In pretty interesting lyrically. Um, there, it, it's it's mostly you know focused on um, relationships with family and friends, and then social and environmental anxieties that came. This is written. Some of this was written during twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of you know immediate reactions to what they were dealing with and what we were all dealing with over the past year so you know basically for me at this point if you're writing about the past year in a way that is uh, <laughs> like emotionally engaging i'm immediately going to be hooked in some way or another mm-hmm. um because i think that that's a really i mean it can definitely be overdone everybody's had some experience and we don't need to hear everybody's opinion on it but (laughs) (laughs) but um i think that they've really captured when they when they do touch on some of those elements of isolation and just panic they really do a really great job of it and uh yeah this album generally leaves me feeling emotionally like i've kind of uh gone through like a really satisfying uh, workout or therapy session or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. I feel like energized afterwards and I feel hopeful but I also feel like there's been some level of like really nice reflection on you know it's okay to be kind of stuck in the dark for a while Um, and I think this album is a, a really comforting album to listen to when you're stuck in the dark um hmm. yeah so because sometimes it can get a little too dark with the music <laughs> if you're if you're stuck in the dark sometimes you can go a little even more dark and right. that's not a bad thing like I think that it's, it can get really great but sometimes it's nice to kind of cut through that with something that's a little bit more comforting um, mm-hmm. yeah anyway so wrapping this up yeah this album I think is... Yeah, it's been, like, my, my comfort food album um, for the past few months. Nice. Um, and that being said, like, much comfort food. It's not groundbreaking. It doesn't really do much... Um, it, it doesn't do much other than throws a lot of great metal elements into the shoegaze genre, which is not nothing, but it's not, like, the most groundbreaking project. Sure. Um, but I still think that it's... Totally awesome, um, and it's another nine out of ten. Yay, dude! Us, man, that's awesome. We got a lot of nines yeah. today. Um, yeah, cool album. I
0: mean, I uh, you know Sunbather, I still prefer, but you know this one. Yeah. this one's pretty cool too. Um, yeah, I mean, Shoe Gaze. It, it, it's almost a guarantee. I'm going to like it to some degree, and uh, mm-hmm. they do a really good job with that. We have these album to album segues we have today are pretty great because you mentioned the comfort food uh album that isn't really like groundbreaking or anything but it's just super solid and mm-hmm. uh that's what my uh, my last recommendation is uh so you know nice com- comfort food groundbreaking or uh, sorry not groundbreaking but comfort <laughs> food uh so uh naturally this gets the uh, the soccer mommy award is is what i call this um, nice By the way, I'm seeing Soccer Mommy next month. Back in 2020, quarter one recommendations right around COVID. Oh, my God. I recommended Color Theory by Soccer Mommy. And uh, I can't remember if – I think COVID had already kind of – oh, yeah, because we did it at the end of March, right? And I was like, well, I bought a ticket to her show, and it's getting delayed. Finally, next month. (laughs) i'm going to see soccer mommy that's crazy yeah and my first concert in forever was last or two two days ago friday uh i saw saint vincent and oh yeah i don't know how much of it was just like i loved being at a concert again she was freaking amazing uh, of course uh i loved her uh, new album of course got just such a she opened with digital witness but in the daddy's home like aesthetic it it was oh
1: that's so cool it was it
0: was such a cool show dude would highly recommend seeing saint vincent um anyway soccer mommy award (laughs) goes (laughs) to
1: touch on the saint vincent concert had to
0: had to you know we recommend music of all sorts not just uh studio albums uh um the soccer mommy award goes to uh indigo de for uh any shape you take is the name of the album uh, so yeah, Indigo D'Souza is a singer songwriter from Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, Any Shape You Take is her second studio album. Uh, this album doesn't win the Soccer Mommy award necessarily because it sounds like a so- Soccer Mommy record, but I suppose it. You know, it does kind of to an extent. Like Any Shape You Take is an indie rock record inspired by '90s alternative sounds. You know, it's similar to Soccer Mommy in that aspect. But it wins the Soccer Mommy Award because, as Afro mentioned, uh, Color Theory was one of my favorite albums of last year despite not doing anything groundbreaking. It was just a record mm-hmm. carried by great songwriting. And that's the case here as well. Uh, this is a solid record with an immediate appeal. No skips if you're into that sort of thing. And I'm not even sure I can say that about spelling or injury reserve. Um, but this is uh it's a grungy album it's poppy uh, there are hints of shoegaze here and there uh not <laughs> coming off the deaf heaven probably not but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but a little bit of hints um but yeah in general you know i've heard that this is you know people have said it's standard and you know i agree to an extent but i just think it's it's super well done uh, in, uh, despite being standard, it's a straightforward indie record. Doesn't overstay its welcome. All that fun stuff. There isn't much I don't like about the album. Um, mm-hmm. The lyrics are bland and, and kind of weak, to be honest. But everything else is is pretty great. Uh, the vocals are great. They're varied. They're catchy. Uh, they're full of like anguish and catharsis. Uh, once again, I love singing along to this album. Uh, the choruses are fantastic the harmonies are on point vocally i I just i don't really have any complaints um and sonically i don't have many complaints either uh i love this record's like balance of quote-unquote beauty and uh kind of this ruggedness you know the, the songs often sound lovely but they have like an edge as well uh which i like um the songwriting as i mentioned you know that's the primary strength here um and one of my favorite aspects of the songwriting is that indigo Sousa knows how to end a song consistently well every song i think ends great uh i love the abrupt ending to late night crawler that just ends before you know it and especially the kind of climactic cathartic ending to the album the song of the year contender kill me uh for most of the part you know for most of the song um her vocals remind me of a uh, big thief uh, uh adrian linker like her soft kind of breathy vocals mm-hmm. uh but at the end she sings more aggressively with a background vocal that's just basically yelling it's pure like car seat headrest and it's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite musical moments of the year um she can write a variety of songs as well uh this is mostly cohesive but there and there is some variety here but not a ton so sometimes the variety we do get can get a little like jarring not bad but like just Mm -hmm. whoa what uh the opener uh 17 for example is like this chill synth-based song that has like auto-tune vocals it's a good song i think but it's a really weird way to introduce a new listener to indigo Zeus's music given that this album never really sounds like this again and just kind of leans mostly on kind of grungy songs um but the comfort food thing was huge uh this is a record i can listen to at pretty much any moment and i think i just i underrate that quality sometimes Uh, if i don't know what i want to listen to i can just it's a safe bet to just throw this album on it's a great go-to record i guess um not much else to say here honestly again just you know a little standard but well done in my opinion um this one did get best new music from pitchfork so they're one for five so far (laughs) um and we'll see with your last recommendation uh but uh yeah uh, Mm -hmm. kill me darker than death uh way out real pain yeah th- these songs actually now that i'm reading these these have like some kind of edgy you know painful tines. oh yeah. yeah yeah uh late night crawler th- there's just there's a lot of good songs on here dude so uh yeah shout out to indigo to Sousa. uh i'm giving any shape you take an eight out of ten it's not on that like nice. nine out of ten tier but uh love it it's really good and um I just kind of wanted to shout out to, you know, we're only doing three, but like, once again, great quarter, great year. So shout out to Little Sims who put out a great record. Uh, shout out to Ka who put out a record, which is to say, yep. you know what it sounds like already and it's great because, yep. yeah, so there, there you go. Um, so yeah. That one's
1: just a guarantee. Just like, a guarantee.
0: Like Ka puts out an album. So
1: consistent. Yeah.
0: Consist- and like consistent, I know what's going to be great about it and it's going to make my top 50 because it's Ka and he always does. And uh, yeah um just bars galore just incredible but um and shout out to little sims who i think is at number one on the rate your music right now so uh, her album had a lot of uh like oh wow yeah it's really good a lot of uh, variety on that there's themes it's kind of conceptual it's super cool but uh, anyway um I recommended 5 albums already. You still need to recommend your third one. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All good. I, mean, I I I I love getting those recommendations. So, there you go. Nice. Um nice work. Yeah. This one is uh The Award or this one is uh the only album out of these 3 okay that I've actually got bought on vinyl. Hey,
0: nice. Okay. <laughs> so of these 3 the one that you've gotten on vinyl—that's that's very nice. You, you so the last award was you paid for this award. Uh, you did so this time as well. So far, Lingua Ignata not getting any of your compensation,
1: <laughs> but Deaf, Hef,
0: <laughs> Deaf Heaven is, and so is this next artist.
1: Yeah, which is funny because you know, spoiler alert: this is actually my least favorite of the three. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the only one out of the three that I found in the in the store uh when hmm. i went shopping for vinyl a couple weeks ago
0: that's how it be uh, sometimes
1: yeah so <laughs> uh this is the new album from low oh yeah dude
0: yeah great
1: yeah hey what um by the way speaking of uh your last album indigo to album fantastic album or art on that one yeah like, yeah really great this one very different but still honestly some of my favorite album art of the year so far i think Mm -hmm. um just a really bizarre like tv static um type of screen with like a weird concaveness to it like it's so fascinating to look at um and it very much fits with the aesthetic of the of the album sonically um so you know that low was, you, you know this, oh, I don't no. know if it, everybody listening knows this, mm-hmm. but hopefully, um, that they made my number one album of the year in 2018. Yeah, uh, low Lowe
0: the... placed pretty high on your list there, didn't they? Hey, okay. hey. how about that? Alright,
1: alright. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the, this one is... Um, so Double Negative is still definitely my album of the year that year. It, every time I go back to it, it's just fascinating. I I still haven't heard very much like it. Um, I think that it's one of the most... And, and especially looking back, I, I didn't listen to a lot of Low like until a few years ago, honestly, after finding them. So double negative was kind of my introduction to them i knew that they were supposed to be kind of this galaxy 500 uh type of slow core um like slint almost in Mm -hmm. some ways i guess Mm -hmm. type of uh music Uh, but yeah they're very like very downbeat very uh sad bedroom indie i think um for most of their career and the past few albums have been a drastic departure which is really cool to see in retrospect um, but I'm actually really glad that I didn't really have that much context on it before um, because I think I feel like I can appreciate it with fresh ears um, now and really what I'm hearing from them recently is just some of the most interesting textures and mm. production blends that i've heard out of any uh especially any indie band over the past few years um i i didn't realize this either um a little bit more background on this but it's produced by uh or it's produced in the same studio that uh boni ver produced um oh crap what was it uh their 2018 album.
0: Oh, 2018,
1: Or, uh, uh, 22 a million. 22 a million. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2016. Actually. I think I'm a few years off, um, which makes sense because it's, uh, that had a lot of like very strange, like staticky elements to it, but low really just blows it up with, um, a double negative of this album in a way that's a lot more fascinating, but, I did want to give credit where credit is due. I was like, you know, twenty-two a million is definitely interesting in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that after hearing like these two albums from Low be like better, um, th- they do like the ideas of that in better ways. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. given me like a greater appreciation. So, mm-hmm. shout outs to Justin Vernon for being a really solid uh, producer. Nice. I, I I think that he he's he's still he's still there. He's still got. still got what it takes yeah yeah i don't know if anybody's not saying that but i just want
0: to say that (laughs) i take bony bear good (laughs) yeah (laughs) big red machine was okay though i don't know yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. um so yeah this this new album i don't like it as much as double negative but it's still really great and some people have been liking it um a lot more than double negative um Hmm. what i think it does better in uh, some ways is making tracks that are more melodic and more yeah more melodically memorable Mm -hmm. um and more lyrically dense in some ways um i think it does a better job of that and it and it also does a um an interesting job of cuts back in some ways on the distortion and blends it in with the uh regular kind of instrumentation that you would normally think of um it blends that in a little bit more of a cohesive way but i do prefer the double negative just bombastic just the fall the music falling apart at the seams type of aesthetic Mm. um this one definitely has elements of that. And in some ways it blows it up even more, but I think for the most part, the lyrics are the most present part of it. The, yeah, the songwriting and the, uh, general, um, yeah, the, the melodies are kind of the, the show stoppers of this, uh, of this project. But uh, yeah, this, this album just, it, it continues to fascinate me. Um, And Lowe is just a really interesting band. I I really love Mm -hmm. the lyrical work is very socially aware that, again, this is another album that was, uh, a lot of it was written during the pandemic. So there's a lot of themes of dread and fear and um, also a lot of, uh, they, they touch a lot on just political mismanagement which is you know would you say politics it. have been mismanaged lately or <laughs> you know i didn't think about it until this album <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wow i didn't i didn't know that yeah huh what, Wait, a what a pandemic. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you lo for making me aware <laughs> yeah.
0: no that's that's great i noticed that too uh, when i listened that's pretty cool uh, i think they did they, yeah. they did a good job with that
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they they do a really good job of touching on that. Um, So, uh, I think that in in that case, I think that this album is... um, I I, I keep comparing it to Double Negative. I can't help it because it's so similar, and they've also basically said that it's like a sequel to it anyway, so Hmm. um, I really do appreciate the variety of lyricism and thematics on here, um, but... I just prefer the more conceptual nature the the more yeah the more conceptual nature of what double negative was and the darker side of it um this one does have some sinister elements to it but ultimately i'm i don't know i feel like i'm talking too negatively about it double negative. Uh-huh. yeah
0: <laughs> sorry i had to like quickly sneak that one in
1: yeah but, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this album is great, though. It's um, it's really fascinating. I think that this is a great uh, introduction into that series of albums that they've done, um, because it's a little bit more accessible in some ways. Um, tracks like Disappearing, White Horses, Days Like These are really great, um, interesting tracks that have a lot to offer with melody and production. hmm um, yeah i'm I really just love this. I hope that they keep they keep going with this um, this style, maybe take it even further. Um, I'd love to see a harsh noise project out of low. oh yeah, <laughs> that would be <laughs> fascinating. That'd be interesting. yeah, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but um, yeah, great stuff here. I, I think it's it's definitely not the most inaccessible project on this list. I think that. Uh, or the most experimental, I think that might go to injury reserve, but mm. um, I would put it maybe, uh, maybe on par with like the Lingua Ignata as far as uh, experimentation. And I think that it captures it pretty much just as well. Um, but this is a solid eight out of ten for me.
0: Love it. I um, I think this album is really good, and uh, I don't know if it's better than Double Negative. I don't. I, I'm not going to say that because I don't remember double negative very well. <laughs> but I feel like I'm getting closer to understanding low and like adapting to the yeah. sound. I guess like I feel like they're growing on me. And this album, I think, might end up making my top fifty. Uh, it's, nice. It's, it's it's pretty cool. I've only listened to it a couple times front to back, but uh, I plan on giving it more listens. And uh, like you said, like I, I the melodies actually kind of surprised me with like how. Uh, melodic they were uh, obviously
1: yeah. yeah so yeah that's something that I did really like about this <laughs> that it's it, they yeah they they really managed to weave in some really harsh uh sonics into a really melodically interesting way so I think that that's that that is definitely really cool
0: for sure yeah I'm actually um i gotta look this up to see if pitchfork is 0 for six here
1: uh on the bet. oh i think that they actually did
0: oh really they did 8.4 yeah, 8. 4.
1: Well yeah. Done pitch i mean they, they loved it. double negative that's so. true that's true yeah. you know what i think that was like an 8.8 8 for them so wow okay yeah yeah
0: so you know what okay well done pitch work way to come up clutch in the end yeah um 7.7 7 well, injury reserve
1: Jesus low is Christ. definitely a a, a pitchfork chord type of band though too like
0: yeah right right <laughs>
1: although i would have expected death heaven honestly to get higher but yeah boy they did not yeah that was like a six point something <laughs> yeah they I got think.
0: i God, I was surprised little synth didn't get best new music man they were just screwing up you know what we, yeah. we have some time uh <laughs> <laughs> let's see here pitchfork.com best new music uh best new album
1: oh here while you're looking that up i'll i'll list off a couple of uh of honorable mentions for, from mine too. Okay. Oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No.
0: yeah. Go for it.
1: Yeah. I had another, uh, shoegaze type of album that I thought was pretty solid. Uh, lucid express.
0: Yeah. Very
1: good. They were pretty solid. Yeah. Not like, again, not like
0: kind of standard thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. But like, I thought it was pretty solid stuff. Um, fucked up has a really interesting, uh, a new project that they came out with there's four acts called year of the horse okay um it's technically four albums but there's just four parts of the same album um i thought that was really cool that is interesting um yeah yeah has a really cool album out called wild hunt oh and one that i yeah actually i want to give this one a shout out to one that I, I have been really liking a lot and, and almost made my recommendations for the quarter. I do not know how to pronounce any of this. <laughs> but T H R A, Thra, thra yeah. I guess. Yeah,
0: uh, I listened to that, I think. You recommended that to me. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. At, Pretty cool. And Leheton Neg or something like that. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's. It, at, at, i don't i don't know i look on my twitter yeah <laughs> I, I have it i have it like recommended there but um, really cool like dungeon sith album that i yeah. actually been liking a lot so it's pretty cool and,
0: and it, on that shout out to our twitter accounts at will bros and at patrick anderson with a u um, yes <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm looking at uh these uh the, these pitchfork uh, best what they've given best new music to as far as albums um I don't want to like crap on everybody's personal taste. That's not why I'm doing this, but uh, it feels like pitchfork. Yeah. Right. Just just pitchfork as a whole, (laughs) but really just, I don't know. It, it feels like they've kind of, and they don't have to like these albums, right? Everyone's entitled to their opinion and all that, but I feel like they've kind of missed the boat on a lot of albums that have dominated kind of like the critical discussion this year. There is nothing from the windmill scene here other than uh dry cleaning which i also really love so shout out to that but yeah no black country no squid no black midi um the only ones that i think are like album of the year general generally speaking album of the year contenders that they've given best new music to are the uh the floating points uh pharaoh sanders yeah that which is a great call by them i actually think it might be their highest score of the year so well on that uh of the creator, a lot of people love it, but, I mean, we've had our, we've shared our opinions yeah. on that, but other than that, it's just kind of like weird picks. They actually picked, they gave 8.8 to my guy, Makami, so I can't, I can't hate them too much, and they gave Ka Best New Music for, uh, a martyr's reward, and as I mentioned, I do like that yeah. album, but, uh, Yeah, kind of just a weird year for Pitchfork, I think. Yeah,
1: I'm looking through too. I'm like, Ice Age, really? Yeah. Yeah, the Ice Age stuff. I'm not like, I'm not getting the Ice Age love from them. Like, they're pretty cool, but like,
0: (laughs) the the Weather Station. I mean, we talked about that album. That was, yeah, I don't know,
1: kind of the Turnstile album. I don't know if you listened to that or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was interesting.
1: Yeah, it's, like, a a lot of their picks this year have been just, like, okay, I I guess so. Just weird. That kind of, yeah.
0: Just totally weird. I have no idea what they're going to do when, like, you know, year-end lists stuff happens. Uh, I love the Wiki love, though, so, like, shout out to that. Uh, Faye Webster was cool. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of these is just, like, what? Uh, God, I forgot that some of these albums even came out, to be honest with you. But, um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh no spelling, no injury reserve, no windmill scene. I I'm a very sad person um uh, in that regard. Yeah. So um Patrick, awesome podcast today. Loved your yeah. recommendations. Uh I hope you the listener uh loves these recommendations as well or at least checks them out. Really, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point. You don't have to like yeah. these. We we do get a little uh, you know, experimental and abrasive with some of our picks here, but uh, you know, we're only recommending it because we think it's truly worth your time. Um, so Definitely. Yes. Thank you all for listening to the music. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter, at Will Brost, at Patrick Anderson. Uh, It'll be in the description. And uh, thank you all for listening. Until next time.